G'day, the Holy Spirit loves you. He absolutely loves you. He remembers when he was brooding over the waters before Father God spoke and said, let there be light. And did you notice that that light has never diminished? God didn't have to wake up this morning and and remind the sun and the stars to continue. When God speaks something, it is eternal. And what I want to show you today is that God has spoken his word over your life, over your car, over your cat, over your dog, over your country, over your government. And what I can show you is that you can actually take the Bible and overlay the Bible to see what God sees. You see, you are already healed. You are already forgiven. The Bible says God is not holding man's sins against them. Even with this conflict in the Middle East that I'm not going to talk about, Jesus is very clear. He said to his disciples who wanted to call down fire to destroy their enemies, he said, you do not know what spirit you are of. I came to bring life, not to take it away. Jesus is always bringing life. He's always healing. He's always revealing the Father. Now, the Holy Spirit is the person of the kingdom. God and Jesus and the Father are one, and and they are the kingdom as well. But the Holy Spirit is the promise of the kingdom. When he arrived on the day of Pentecost, that was the fulfillment of the coming of the kingdom. That was the fulfillment of the promise of the kingdom. Promises that were quoted, like in the book of Joel, that God would would one day pour out his spirit upon all flesh. Now, that kingdom seed is also Jesus Christ. You may want to write this down, but they are synonymous. Jesus is the Son of God. He also is the Word of God. He also is the seed of the kingdom. When you receive Jesus into your heart, when you believe When you eat him and drink him, he has come inside of you. That is something that happens by faith. It is only when we turn to Jesus that we are saved. It's when the Jewish people believe in Jesus. That is when the veil is lifted away. Galatians is very clear that everyone is controlled by the devil. Until they are born again, they are controlled by the devil. Everybody, everybody, doesn't matter what their age, religion is, until they eat Jesus, until their eyes are open, until they are born again, or as I like to say, kingdomized, they are going to do the will of their father, the devil. Again, Galatians is very clear that those who are not born again, they are doing the devil's will. They are controlled by the devil. They are under his authority, which fills the air, Paul says. Now, this podcast is for two people. Either you want to be saved, you want to understand the kingdom and expand it, or you are a believer in Jesus, but if you're really honest with yourself, You're not a doer of the word. You want to be somebody like James who said to be a doer of the word, not only a hearer of the word.
I want to encourage you to enjoy this message. Again, I'm a teacher, I'm a preacher. I may operate in in teaching, or but I'm not a pastor, but I can do the work of a pastor. I am an ambassador of the kingdom. I am proclaiming the good news of the kingdom. That is the message that Jesus preached. That's the message that John the Baptist preached. That's the message that the New Testament church was built on. The foundation is Jesus Christ and him crucified. But Jesus said, seek first the kingdom and all else will be added to you as well. This is great. We have inherited the kingdom of God. Jesus Christ is the king of the kingdom. He's the son of God, the first reborn, the first born again. And we are his brothers and sisters. So we've been included in this kingdom, which is absolutely incredible. God is not far away. He's he's very close to each one of us. And Jesus Christ has included us in the family of God. He said to Mary at his resurrection, he said, he said, I go to my father and your father, my God and your God. What we've inherited is incredibly good news. And this podcast is for two types of people, for those who have received the kingdom and you are intentional on actively pursuing the kingdom. You want to obey Jesus by seeking first the kingdom, as he said in Matthew 6. So we seek first the kingdom. Or how do you how do you seek the kingdom if you don't know what it is? And this whole podcast is about understanding. It's not a religious podcast. It's not necessarily a teaching podcast. It's revelation, understanding, impartation. I can represent the kingdom because I'm an ambassador. And we we equip one another as each person does their part. So maybe you're a Christian and this podcast isn't for you. But if it is, I believe that you will be able to take that seed and and grow it into the biggest tree in the garden. The other type of person is someone who, who is not born again. You don't know God, you can't see God, or maybe you're stuck in religion, a, a religious form of Christianity where you are not actually born again. Remember, the kingdom is with power. The kingdom comes with power. It's not just a, an association with a, a church group. It's not only the activity of being water baptized or christened as a child. It is more than that. It is a supernatural transaction where you are literally forcefully, violently transferred from darkness to light. All things pass, old things pass away, all things become new. If you are born again, you know that you're saved. You know that you're saved. As Paul said, the Holy Spirit testifies with our spirit that we are the children of God. Even if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart. It is an experience. It is knowledge. It is truth. But it is an understanding. And just correction there, that was the Apostle John, not the Apostle Paul. 
So today, let's let's continue uh, enjoying and celebrating this good news together as we press into the kingdom of God, as we press into the kingdom of light, because this is a kingdom that is forcefully advancing. Think of the, the men who who tore a hole in the roof to lower the paralytic down so that Jesus could heal him. That is a violent act. Think of the centurion who broke all protocol and believed in Jesus and understood authority, and Jesus marveled. Think about the woman, Mary, who, who broke her life savings onto his feet, and then with her tears and with her hair, she rubbed the oil into his feet. Think of Peter who took off his clothes and naked jumped into the water and swam to the shore when he saw Jesus. These are the acts of violence. These are the acts of violence that take the kingdom by force because everything in this world is under the control of the evil one. Every person who's not born again, the Bible says in Galatians, is under the total control of Satan. Okay, doesn't mean they're all going to be Hitlers and pedophiles, but they are under the demonic control of this world system. So if you are going to enter the kingdom, it's going to be by force. If you are going to lead somebody to Christ, you're going to have to do a violent act. And I'm talking about spiritual things. I'm not talking about physical violence. I'm talking about you've got to go to the place of boldness. You've got to be able to beyond go beyond your fear of man. Go beyond the fear of what people think. You've got to be able to, to break through that invisible facade that isn't even there. Have you ever told you know, have you ever talked to somebody who looked scary, like someone with tattoos or you know, bikey or whatever, and you find out that they're just a big teddy bear? This kingdom is advancing, but it's advancing forcefully. It's advancing violently. And Jesus Christ himself said that the kingdom suffers violence and the violent take it by force. So let me see if I can bring up Psalm 63, 69 for you today, guys. This is so beautiful. My God, my God, come and save me. These floods of trouble have risen higher and higher. The water is up to my neck. I'm sinking into the mud with no place to stand. I'm about to drown in this storm. I'm weary, exhausted with weeping. My throat is dry. My voice is gone. My eyes are swollen with sorrow. And I am waiting for you, God. And I am waiting for you, God. In this incredible situation of pain and anguish and suffering and about to die, the psalmist David says, And I am waiting for you, God. Remember, David strengthened himself in the Lord. David was a warrior who had incredible troubles and tribulations. He had incredible enemies against him. He had incredible persecutions and treatment against him. But the only consistency I see is that he always turned to God. God is attracted to your weakness. And today, the message, this podcast today is this. 
that you have got to live in paradox if you are going to survive as a Christian and if you're going to thrive in the kingdom. The message today is that you have got to love paradox. You've got to be able to to juggle multiple balls in the air. How can Paul be in prison and be rejoicing? How can Paul and Silas be singing in prison? How can you know Peter, who was totally convinced that the salvation was only for the Jewish people, then go to Cornelius' house and open the gospel to the entire rest of the world? That would have been a struggle. So what I'm saying to you in this podcast today is that if you can live with paradox then you're going to do well in the kingdom. You know, how can a God of love kill people in the Old Testament? How can Jesus in the New Testament be reconciled with the God of the Old Testament who wiped out every human in certain villages, including their children and babies and livestock? God said, do not leave a person alive. How do you reconcile this? Well, the answer is kingdom. You know, Jesus Christ is the seed of promise. He is the seed that Genesis chapter 1 and 2 and 3 in the curse promised would come. God protected that seed from Adam and Eve until Jesus Christ. That seed was in Joseph. That seed was in Egypt. That seed was in Moses and the Israelites. That seed has been carried as a prophetic utterance until its fruition. And that seed is inside of you. That same seed of promise. And God said that seed will crush Satan under your feet. The seed of the kingdom inside of you will crush Satan. That seed that you carry is the greatest threat to the enemy because that seed is the kingdom. The seed that is in you is the seed of the kingdom because Jesus explained the parable in Matthew 13. He said the message that the sower seeds sows is the message of the kingdom. So the seed that is inside of you is the kingdom. And that kingdom is what will explain every paradox in your life. How did Ananias and Sapphira die? How did Peter seem to kill them? you know, in the, in the book of Acts, and yet the church grew. Now, with the kingdom, the kingdom is a real place. The kingdom is absolute. God is wanting to expand his kingdom. Every king wants to expand his domain. Jeff Bezos wants Amazon to take over the world. Elon Musk wants SpaceX and Tesla to take over the world. Larry Page in Google wants you know, alphabet to take over the world. The British Empire, the Spanish Empire, the the Roman Empire, the Greek Empire, these are kingdoms. These were run by a a man with a with total authority. Some of them had forms of parliaments, but at the end of the day, a kingdom is run by one man or woman. And He is in charge and he gets what he wants and he is sitting on the throne and anyone who doesn't agree with him loses their head. This really, if you read the Gospels honestly, Jesus is a king. 
I want to encourage you, if you're a religious person who hasn't been born again, or if you're a born-again Christian who's received the kingdom but wants to understand it, I want you to revisit the Gospels and reread them with the context of the kingdom in mind. And even more than that, read them looking at the king. When he was born, there were angels there. When he was born, the kings came and bowed down to him. When he was born, they gave him gold and incense worth potentially hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars, we don't know, in today's money. God appeared with angels to warn you know, Joseph to take Jesus out of the country. He had an invisible kingdom that was there for him. Even though he looked like a man and lived like a man and didn't necessarily have the pomp that we would expect, God confirmed his words with signs and wonders following. God resurrected him and seated him at the right hand of God. And he promised us the Holy Spirit. And now the Holy Spirit has come and we became his witnesses, testifying. Jesus Christ was born in a town of a thousand people. Nazareth was a town of around a thousand people. And yet there are billions of people on the earth who profess his name as their king. This is amazing. But Jesus Christ spoke as a king. He said, you know, many are called and few are chosen. He talked about people being cut off who didn't agree with him, people not being worthy of him who didn't follow him. He was very direct. He never changed his mind. And whatever he said, he got just like a king. So I want to encourage you to read the Gospels, even just grab one of them, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, and see how Jesus Christ is a king. He was a king and he is a king. And then you might want to go back to some of the Psalms and read all of the prophetic utterances of Jesus Christ. Isaiah chapter 9, the government will be upon his shoulders. And of the increase of his government, there will be no end. And his kingdom is an everlasting kingdom that will never diminish. Jesus Christ is king. And when you understand the paradox of a kingdom, that at the end of the day, the king owns you. You are his property. At the end of the day, it's not your opinion. In fact, Jesus said, you have no rights. If you follow me, you lose your life. But when you lose your life, you find it. You see, when you enter the kingdom of God, everything else is provided for you. You no longer have to worry about your life. As Jesus said in Matthew, again, do not be like the pagans who worry about what they will eat or what they will drink or what they will wear. He said, because your heavenly Father, the Father of Jesus Christ, the, 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 the Father of the kingdom, He knows what you need before you ask it. So you have left your old life. You have an entirely new life, but it is a kingdom context. I don't know if you can understand this last bit and if I can explain it well, but it was gleaned from, you know, what Kevin Zadai was saying yesterday in his live um, message from, from Antioch Church. And he said, he said, the word of God is overlaid over the earth. It's overlaid over you. You know, if you could see the word of God, it's already been spoken. It's almost like, a, a an augmented reality, like imagine you put on augmented reality glasses 
have you if you've seen the movie um you know ready player one or even no more no that's vr um what's that movie the kids watched um true guy it's like you can put on these glasses and you can see the real world but there's an overlay there might be like little buttons you can push or places you can go and so Jesus Christ has spoken. His word will never return to him void. He's already decided. He's, al- he's not speaking, in a sense, anymore. Because he's already spoken. He's, al- he's already said, let there be light. God doesn't have to wake up this morning and reaffirm that there needs to be light. God didn't wake up this morning and say, let there be light. And if he happened to forget that the sun would disappear. No, he spoke light and it will be light forever until he until he speaks something else. So he's already spoken that by Jesus stripes you are healed. He's already spoken that if you give you'll receive. He's already spoken that it is better to give than to receive. He's already spoken that a child should honor their mother and father that it would be long life for them. So imagine that these spoken words are overlaid over the natural realm but you can't see them. You need to put on your augmented reality glasses, which is the Word of God, the Bible. You know, you wonder why bad things happen. You wonder why God doesn't answer your prayers sometimes. You wonder why things don't add up and why there's a paradox. And I'll tell you why. It's because you are not seeing the Word of God. If you were to see the Word of God then you would be able to obey it. As Paul said, how are they going to believe if they haven't heard the gospel? And how are they going to hear the gospel if you don't tell them? And how are, they, how are you going to tell them if you don't go? And how are you going to go if you're not sent? So what I'm saying is if you want to prosper financially, then the Word of God is already overlaid. The Word of God has already established that wisdom is calling out in the streets. The Word of God has already established that God rewards hard work. That the, you know, that the sluggard, the, the person who sow, who doesn't sow, is going to reap what they sow. So you can actually open the book of Proverbs and apply that. You're not actually applying it to your life, in a sense. You're actually just seeing the overlay that is over your business. There's an overlay over your business. There's an overlay over your bank account. There's an overlay over your life. It's called the Word of God. And you have got to come into alignment with what is already spoken. As I said, God doesn't have to continually wake up every morning and say, let there be light. He's already spoken about your health. He's already spoken about your finances. He's already spoken about your government. And if you and I will put on those VR glasses, so sorry, AR is, so VR is virtual reality. That's fake. That's when you hop inside a fake world. V, AR is augmented reality. It's where you put on a new layer above and on top of and at the same time of the real world. So if you were to read the Bible and discover what it really says, that's why it's really good to listen to a podcast like this. It's really good to read a book like, you know, Dr. Kevin Zadai or do one of his courses. But it's got to be the Word of God. It cannot be the doctrine of demons. It cannot be false teachers. It cannot be, and listen to this very carefully, it cannot be the yeast of the Pharisees. 
Because you can preach the Bible, but overlay it with religion. You can preach the Bible, but overlay your world with politics. Jesus Christ, and hear this carefully, again, he said, beware, which means run away from. It means to identify and expose and do not engage with. So identify, expose, and do not engage with religious teaching. Identify, expose, and do not engage with political teaching. I can preach to you a perfect sermon, but it's, but it's full of religion, which means you feel like you're not good enough. You feel like there's something between you and God. I can preach a perfect sermon, a homiletical sermon, biblical in Scripture, but it can be interpreted and overlaid with politics. Oh, no, no, you've got to do the right thing by the government. You've got to sit in the front row of the church. You've got to, you've got to wait until you've completed Bible college before you can preach. No, you don't have to. The kingdom, remember, wherever the Spirit is, there is liberty. The Lord will set you free, and it's for freedom that He set you free. That is a rule of thumb. So if I'm preaching the truth then you should be set free. I said, if I'm preaching the truth, then you should be set free. So, Father God, I just pray impartation of the kingdom of light of Jesus Christ on these people who are listening today. To those who don't know you, I pray that you would reveal yourself to them. And I pray that even now they would be humble enough to ask for you to enter them, for you, Holy Spirit, to become their Lord and Savior, their Master through the blood of Jesus Christ who speaks better things, the blood of Jesus Christ that went into heaven on their behalf. And Father, for those who know you, that they would begin to apply the word of God, Jesus, as you said, not only to preach the word of the kingdom, but to teach them to obey all that I've commanded you. So God, there's something that you want us to obey. And that is the word of God. And I pray that they would take what I've said and, and read maybe even one of my books, Lord God, and implement it in Jesus' name. Father, I just pray and release the fire of God to consume. Thank you, Jesus, that you baptize with the Spirit and with fire, that you would burn up everything that's not of you in Jesus' name. And I thank you, God, for Psalm 69 that says, we're waiting for you. God to come through, but we are waiting for you, God, but you're also waiting for us. I pray, God, that we would just make it simple, that we would just become doers of the word, like James said, not just hearers of the word, and fool and deceive ourselves, but that we would be doers of the word. In Jesus' name, thank you, God. You're amazing. We clap our hands. We praise you. We praise you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. God, I just pray that this would be useful to some people and that they would be able to share it. In Jesus' name, those who have ears to hear, let them hear. Amen. And let them send it to those who have ears to hear.